13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. I'm joined down the line by Fern Cotton. Hey Fern, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I am really good, thank you. And luckily, even if I wasn't sure how I was feeling, you've given me the perfect manual to figure it out. (laughs) Well, I am very glad of that. Yes, your mood journal should hopefully do that. That's that's the plan. Yeah, so in the mood journal, um, I have it in front of me right now. You've kind of you've kind of got to the basis of I think it's seven kind of big things that you feel and big emotions and you've kind of helped uh, the readers kind of work their way through them, how they make them feel and what they can do to kind of get their issues out. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I, I guess the idea came from me having kids and watching them go through all sorts of situations or quite extreme emotions at times. And then I would also watch myself not react very well to that. You know, as a parent, sometimes if your kid is really scared about something or really cross about something your instinct is to kind of go come on let's not do that now you know you you don't be scared or whatever and I think I've sort of realized that that doesn't work and also if someone was telling me to not be scared or to not be angry that wouldn't work for me as an adult so that gave me a curiosity to explore this area and look at okay so if I am feeling angry or I am feeling super excited and the other people around me don't find it convenient. Mm-hmm. Let's look at that. Let's look at, you know, it's 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 totally normal to feel every emotion. It doesn't matter what people around us think if they're not feeling the same. This book is about normalizing emotions and and letting us really try and understand them and what our natural reactions are to them. You know, we'll all feel that emotion somewhere in our body and it will be different for everybody. We'll all react differently when we're feeling those emotions. And if, we, if we're if we extra loud or extra quiet or whatever our reaction might be. And there's no wrong or right. So this book isn't about, yay, you've passed the emotional test. This is about... <laughs> You've written down how you feel and now you get the chance to have a look at that and see and look for patterns or just notice things about yourself that you might not have previously. So, yeah, hopefully it will it will prove helpful. Well, it definitely does, because I think there are some emotions that um, even now people are a bit embarrassed to admit they feel like angry or, mm. or scared of something. There's still a kind of stigma about like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling angry. Sorry. And you feel apologetic and then you kind of get stressed out. So it's good that you've acknowledged this. That's an emotion. That's a legitimate feeling to feel. Yes, I often feel angry and then kind of beat myself up about it mentally. Like, oh, well, why am I you know, not coping with this? Why am I feeling so irritated by something so small or or if it is fear because we're all scared of something whether that's a conscious fear or subconscious and I think especially with kids you know I can see it with both my children my daughter is 
terrified of dogs at the moment. It's definitely a phase because it wasn't the case two years ago, but she's having a real dog fear. And then my son has, you know, always kind of had um, nightmares or been scared of the dark, which of course is very common with kids and adults sometimes. And again, it's about not making anybody feel like that's a bad thing that you feel scared. It's very normal and it's all about, I guess, learning how to manage that so that you can still go to the park if there's dogs there or go to sleep um, in a bed on your own and stuff. So it's it's normalising the emotions. It's hopefully giving the kids a few tools to, to help them through that emotion and an opportunity to explore it further and maybe even talk to other people if that feels right as well. Yes, yeah, so you've got uh, you've got happiness, anger, fear, sadness, excitement, worry, and loneliness, and each one has its own chapter, has its own character, and um, as you as you say, really importantly, it has its own kind of stuff to work through as well. Have mm. you gone through all of the little kind of worksheets, all the activities yourself? Did you do them all? I guess I was doing them as I was writing them because I had to think: is this truly going to be helpful? And I think that came with a bit of trial and error of me going right. If I actually sat and and did this, would this work for me? And then I also had that backed up by a child psychologist because I wanted to really know if this was going to help people or if these were exercises that would, you know, really root into what the emotion was about and give the kids something to really investigate. And luckily, um, it's all been ticked and signed off mm-hmm. by the child psychologist. And, and, um, and yeah, hopefully people will, you know, find it not only... Um, a fun, curious experiment, but also something that just feels really safe and lovely for them and quite comforting. They can go back to it privately and, and work through it. So, yeah, I guess, I guess I sort of did, I went through that process as I was writing it. And um, yeah, I think most of them are helpful. <laughs> I hope. Tell you what, Absolutely they are. It's not just for kids. I did this as a relative grown up, I say. And mm. uh, the fear ladder was so useful because it's like if you're scared of something, you kind of work it up, you break it down into little steps and then you kind of see how you go. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is very yeah. useful indeed, Fern Cotton. This is handy. Thank you. Yeah, I think you know that's how I've approached fear. I've had lots of um, fear and anxiety about things around work. And I have had to very gradually, very incrementally work my way towards things that feel scary, goals that feel too nerve-wracking and not put too much pressure on myself. And I think that's another part of it, not putting pressure on ourselves to feel okay about anything that we find tricky at the moment, but to just slowly feel your way through things. So there are quite a lot of exercises that have that approach to the emotional situation. Also, it's a good chance to get out the old uh, felt-it pens crayons oh, yes. and just get involved journaling is one of the funnest things and uh, I I used to write a diary every day from I don't know the age of maybe nine ten until really my mid-20s and then I guess having kids kind of changed that and there's been less time but I do still journal and write down I write a lot mm. about how I'm feeling, what what the reasons are. And I think it's really useful. And also one of my other main passions is drawing and doodling. So there's lots of opportunity to do that in the book. So if you're not keen on writing, rather than write down the last time you felt angry or the or what sorrow feels like to you, you can draw a picture to express that. There is no right or wrong. You know, it's your journal. You can do whatever you want in there. Yeah, you can really go to town. I've got to say, I uh, I still keep a diary and it's super useful just to write it stuff is. down and get stuff out of your head, isn't it? It is because we all internalise so much and if we don't feel ready to talk about something, 
I think there's something really therapeutic about writing it down and just getting it out rather than keeping it all in and ruminating and, you know, overthinking everything. I think just getting it out of your head, getting a pen and drawing or writing does just help us move through things a a little easier. It's not rejecting emotions or situations, but it is helping us certainly move through them. And uh, the book itself, it's such a nice way to know you're not alone in those feelings. That's a lesson it took me a little while to learn. Like, if you're feeling a bit sad, you're not the only person in the world who's feeling sad. You know, other people have felt that and can help you through it. And I think that's such a good message that there are those tools there that uh, other people have learned to help you pull through it. Yeah, we all feel completely alienated when we're feeling a strong emotion. We can't imagine that anyone else around us is feeling like that. And we can even look around us and watch our friends, whether it's, you know, whether if it's that you're you're at school and you're looking at your, at your friends and they all seem very happy, or maybe if you're a bit older and you're using social media or, you know, even as an adult, you can make assumptions about your next door neighbor or someone you bumped into in the street, but we don't really know what's going on with anyone. And usually there's something afoot, whether it, you know, be on varying degrees, but all of us have felt every emotion without exception. And I think that is a very easy way to normalize it, to know that, you know, your your siblings, your parents, your best mates at school, your teachers, your work colleagues, everyone has felt every one of these emotions. And that's, I think, a comfort in itself. Yeah, it's easy to forget that teachers are real people too, isn't they it? They are. They're real humans with real feelings and stuff going on outside of school. I remember thinking as a kid, I wonder what my teacher does for a living because I didn't <laughs> see it as their job. I thought that was just sort of their life they were just at the school every day I thought I wonder what they do outside of this it's like oh my god this is their job I think that was a real sort of later down the line realization that they were sort of humans that had a life outside of it but I think because they're so in your everyday experience as a kid it's almost like you know Mm. they are sort of relatives or someone just part of the furniture of your life so yeah it's it is very important to remember that teachers have stuff going on (laughs) When you see them in the real world, it is yeah. quite a culture shock. Oh, do you exist here as well? And they're like, why are you in a supermarket? You don't need food. You're a teacher. <laughs> you just you just do teaching. Like, why are yeah, you here? Canteen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure any teachers listening will will love that. We love you, teachers. We love teachers, of course we do. Uh, Fern, there's uh, lots of d- big emotions in this, but of course the one we all really want to feel is, is happy. Uh, mm. So I thought I'd ask you, what is your happy place? My happy place is my home. I I knew that before the pandemic, but it's really become apparent to me this last sort of 11 months or 10 months um, that I just love being at home. And I feel very lucky about that because that's not the case for everybody. But I just, I'm a real hermit. I love mooching about my house and pottering around and reorganizing things, very simple tasks, like nothing majorly exciting. You know, being with my family and doing art together or watching a movie. I just love being at home. There's no place like home, as they say. <laughs> well, thank you so much for telling us about your book. It is, it is first of all, it's beautiful. And secondly, just really useful. Um, so I'm guessing it's out right now in all the bookshops and online, all the independent bookshops as well. Yep, you can get it wherever you buy your books. Go for it. Um, you know, when bookshops eventually open again, do go in and have a browse. But also, of course, it's available online. So, yeah, uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it makes a nice stocking filler for the kids in your in your lives. Um, and, the you know, kids out there find it really useful. Well, Fern, thank you so much for telling us all about it. And uh, hopefully for the next book, we will see you in person in the Fun Kids studio. Yes, please. <laughs> 
So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. 13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.